I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A friend just came over and said, I really must eliminate nightshades from my diet. They're the worst thing possible. Tomatoes particularly are terrible for your arthritis. Eliminate shellfish while you're there. You know, think about, you know, potentially the role of gluten and lactose and eliminating all of these various food products from your diet. There are almost as many people out there espousing different diets as there are diets. So these are incredibly common pieces of advice given by people out there in the community to do different things, to change aspects of the diet, and they're going to have some profound effect on your symptoms related to osteoarthritis. What we'd like to do today is to actually unpack a diet that's actually been proven to be beneficial in the context of a clinical trial. It's a plant-based diet combined with a physical activity and a stress-based released intervention, but primarily centered around the importance of plant-based foods and their importance in your diet. So if you're particularly interested in applying yourself to a particular diet, this might be a one way to go. We have the privilege of talking to Wendy Walberstein, And Wendy's a registered clinical dietitian and a PhD researcher at Amsterdam Medical Center. Her research focuses on the effects of plant-based diet, exercise, and stress reduction on arthritis. Hello, Wendy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, David. It's absolutely my pleasure. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. But before we get into plants for joints, I'm just wondering if you can tell the listeners a little bit more about your background and and what a typical day looks like for you at the moment. Yeah, well, I have a quite of a, a strange background. 
Um, I studied economics uh, many years ago and then started a career in international banking. So worked in the Netherlands, in Italy, in Switzerland, and then decided to switch career. I resigned my job and went back to university to study nutrition and dietetics and then worked in the Amsterdam University Medical Center as a clinical dietitian, among others for people with cancer. And there I encountered Dirk-Jan van Schaardenburg, terrible name in English, but he is a great rheumatologist and he became interested in uh, nutrition. And so we had a talk and then I started my PhD research at Reade, which is a clinic in rheumatology and Amsterdam University Medical Center. And I'm now concluding that research with my PhD. And actually now I'm working as a clinical dietitian from my own private practice. So I see uh, patients in my practice. Uh, but I also do something completely different. I work for a foundation. It's a, it's a private foundation that gives funds to research on Parkinson's disease. And it's a bit a combination of my current more biomedical background and my economical background. And uh, so I do that for a couple of days a week. And then my spare time is fully invested in Plans for Health, which is a new organization that we're setting up to, to offer lifestyle programs for people with chronic diseases. And we will start, of course, with arthritis because there's, that's where our expertise is now. <clears throat> but that's, yeah, more or less my week. And it's quite full. <laughs> it sounds incredibly full. I don't know how you fit everything in. But before, before I dig into what you do more specifically, what prompted you to flip or switch from banking? to nutrition? Well, that is actually a love story, David, because my husband is 23 years older than I am. And when I was working in banking, I always had this nagging sound in the back of my head telling me, but what if he gets old? What if he gets sick? And so I was always curious as to how to live a long and healthy life. So that is where my interest started. And I actually was very much inspired by the so-called blue zones. And the blue zones are the five regions in the world where approximately the number of centenarians is approximately 10 times the number of that in, for example, the United States. So I thought, oh, well, there's something. And so there I started to read a lot and found actually out that nutrition is actually a major component uh, when we are looking at longevity. And I can tell you that my husband is now 73 years old and he is in great health. So uh, that small research on N is one. So one, uh, one participant uh, succeeded. So that is where my other research started. That's wonderful. It's truly, it's a, it's a great story. And as you're probably well aware, senescence or aging plays a really important role in joint health, as well as other many other aspects of health. And many of the communities you're talking about, which I assume you mean 
places in Japan and Italy and, yeah. and other other parts of the world um, are, have, at least in many epidemiologic investigations, better joint health as well as better overall health. Anyway, before I get into my ikigai, which you probably have never heard of that word, is that right? Let's talk a little bit more about plants for joints. So you've obviously just set set this up, presumably on the back of the research that you're doing. You've started in osteoarthritis. I noticed a recent trial in rheumatoid arthritis. What other chronic diseases are you planning to get into, so to speak? Well, actually, for cardiovascular disease, it is also because people with arthritis have an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. And we also studied some outcomes that are relevant for cardiovascular disease. It is logical to take cardiovascular disease as a second condition. And there are also some interesting studies done in diabetes type 2, but also, of course, inflammatory bowel diseases like the disease uh, Crohn's disease and colitis ulcerosa are, let's say, the logical next steps. And it also depends a bit on researchers who are already looking for us. For example, recently, someone who is studying a secondary prevention in cancer. So when people have had cancer and had a good uh, a good treatment, of course, they are very willing to uh, change their lifestyle, to optimize their lifestyle, to make sure that they won't have the disease again. So that is also a, a group of diseases that we are looking into. Brilliant. I mean, it's again, it sounded like you had an incredibly full plate as you were describing what you do in a typical week, Wendy. But when you're not doing your day job, so to speak, what do you enjoy doing? Well, I'm, I enjoy being with my husband, of course. We're 25 years together and still very much enjoying our lives. We hike a lot. I love to go to the Italian Alps and uh, stay there, be in nature. And of course, I also like to cook. I'm not actually uh, such a good cook. My husband is a better cook. But together, um, I love to cook and be with friends and family. And I read actually a lot of work-related literature, but I love doing that. So that's more or less my free time. Wonderful. Wonderful. Again, as I said, it sounds like you have an incredibly full plate, so you're probably not necessarily looking for too many more recreational activities over and above the ones that you mentioned. But if you had to describe yourself in five words, what would they be? Yeah, well, I actually asked my husband this morning <laughs> and uh, he said, OK, here it comes. Positive, cheerful, enthusiastic, inspirational. And then I added myself, I'm also uh, terribly dominant. So that's the minor, uh, uh, but uh, that's more or less me. Yeah, well, at least the first four adjectives that you used to describe yourself, I'm sure would be wonderful qualities if you're trying to engage people in changing behaviors and positive reinforcement and empowering them about the lives that they lead. All right. Now, the main topic, of course, for today is really talking about the recent trial that you've had published in osteoarthritis and cartilage. Before we get into the contents of what you found in that trial, just wondering if you could just talk a little bit about what we might describe as one of the subtypes or phenotypes of osteoarthritis, metabolic syndrome associated osteoarthritis. What is that? Yeah, well, if I'm explaining it because you're more of an expert in, in osteoarthritis than I am. 
So I always explain it like this. One of our famous Dutch um, soccer players had osteoarthritis in his knee, which was obviously caused by trauma. But also a lot of people have osteoarthritis nowadays, but they are also overweight. It comes together with some other issues like increased cholesterol, increased blood pressure, increased blood sugar levels. And if we look into the phenotype in people that have osteoarthritis, uh, who have pain in their knees, in their hips, in their hands, and also have these other risk factors, then we are talking about this phenotype of metabolic syndrome associated osteoarthritis, which is actually most probably the most common form of osteoarthritis. So uh, we distinguish several forms and, and this is one of them. And this form also goes hand in hand with an increased uh, sy systemic chronic low-grade inflammation. And um, this low-grade inflammation can also end up in the joints. So that's more or less what we see with this phenotype. Again, not that I'm anticipating that you'll disagree with anything that I have to say, but what's the origin of the low-grade inflammation that occurs in those with metabolic syndrome-associated osteoarthritis? Where is the inflammation coming from, so to speak? Yeah, well, there's a great article written by uh, Fuhrman from 2019. It was in Nature Medicine, and he had a, a fabulous graph with three wheels. And the first wheel was composed of a wheel including obesity and spe specifically abdominal obesity, so fat around the waist. It was composed by diet, by physical inactivity, by stress and isolation, and all these factors together influence also the microbiome. And the microbiome is actually the group of bacteria, mostly in the gut. And we have good bacteria and bad bacteria, simplified. And when the bad bacteria are overgrown, it actually increases inflammation. And so we see the fat in the abdomen, so in the waist, around the organs, the fact that you are inactive, an increased level of bad bacteria in your, in your gut, that all together irritates the body. And this irritation is actually reflected in a slightly increased level of inflammation, because inflammation in, in one sense, it's of course a good reaction to something that shouldn't be in your body. But if nothing is wrong and only you only have this irritation, then you have this uh, systemic and chronic inflammation and that is not good for us. So, and all these factors, they drive this chronic low-grade inflammation. And often you see, for example, that the liver gets a bit fatty. You see that other organs function less. Uh, so you get pre-diabetes, you get met metabolic syndrome, you get an increased risk of cardiovascular disease, an increased risk of depression, for example, and also an increased risk of autoimmune disease. And you already mentioned senescence. 
And you also see an increased risk of senescence and, for example, osteoporosis. So it's a very complex and on the one hand, very complex. And on the other hand, it's quite simple. It's our lifestyle and it irritates our body and it results in all kinds of chronic diseases. That's a great, great description. And it's a good prelude to talking about the role of diet in the management of various aspects of osteoarthritis. Now, we've had a number of guests on the podcast before, Steve Messier, Rosie Venman, and a, a few other people that have spoken specifically about the role of diet. I'm wondering if you could just, before we get into plants for joints, just talk a little bit about the great variety of diets that are out there that are advocated for people that have arthritis or osteoarthritis in particular, before we get into talk a little bit about plants for joints. So if you could just tell us a little bit about, I guess, the the uh, the plethora of different diets that are routinely advocated for and their pros and cons, if you've got a little bit of that information up your sleeve as yeah. well, would be marvelous. Yeah. Well, actually, it all starts with your regular dietary guidelines in your country, and they all look like each other. So you have the healthy plate, you have the the pyramid, healthy food pyramid, and what's all those kinds of dietary guidelines are often a great base to start. So if you don't know what to do, find out the dietary guideline in your country and look up what you would have to do to adopt a more healthy diet. For example, the healthy plate. And what you see in those guidelines is that we should eat, of course, more veggies, more fruits, more unprocessed carbs, good sources of protein, etc. So that is the basis. And all those dietary guidelines are, for a great part, also influenced by many, many studies that have shown good outcomes in health for the Mediterranean diet, because the Mediterranean diet is actually one of the best researched diets. There's just one minus at this Mediterranean diet. If I tell you what is, or if I ask you what is the Mediterranean diet, you will give me a complete different answer than someone else. So it's also important to know what we really define as a Mediterranean diet. So that's one. Another great diet, to my opinion, is the so-called DASH, which is the dietary approach to stop hypertension. That is also a very well-studied diet, which is aimed at lowering hypertension, but it is a very well-balanced diet, a very healthy diet, and it not only reduces your blood pressure, but it also does many other things. Another interesting diet is, for example, the MIND diet. The MIND diet uh, was developed to lower the risk of cognitive decline. And again, that is inspired by the Mediterranean diet, and then it has additional colored fruits and veggies, for example, and nuts. All these diets have one thing in common. They are loaded with fruits and vegetables. They are loaded with whole grain carbs. They contain legumes. Legumes are, I think, one of the most underestimated food groups because they go with a lot of great outcomes. Nuts and seeds and, and low levels of animal proteins. 
So that is more or less what we see. If you look at epidemiological studies in food, you also see that the more plant-based, so plant-centered, I should say, more plant-centered diets actually result in better outcomes. And recently, because uh, I did talks about uh, nutrition uh, and health, and recently I'm invited more and more to also speak about the um, climate effects of our foods and that comes with it because if we choose a more plant-centered diet this results in better outcomes for ourselves but also for our for the planet of course there is also a tendency to look into a low-carb diet ketogenic diets and if there's one thing that these diets have in common is that they are very very low in carbs and this has an advantage on the short run for losing weight. And there are some conditions, especially neurological conditions for which ketogenic diets are ketogenic diets are diets high in fats are beneficial. But for most people, and especially for most conditions, a more, let's say, Mediterranean style diet is actually best. Wonderful. That's a great description of a very complex area. And obviously, we didn't touch upon, you know, intermittent fasting, five and two, 16 and eight, and all of those other aspects as well. But on another day, we might do that. But before we digress too far, what I'd like to do is really get into the, the weeds of your particular study. So what was the original aim when you set out to do the plants for joint study? Yeah, we started with this idea of a plant based diet could help for rheumatoid arthritis. And then we said, well, let's combine it with physical activity and stress-reducing exercises and sleep training, because especially for rheumatoid arthritis, we knew that people who have an extreme form of stress, for example, post-traumatic stress disorder, have almost twice the risk of developing some autoimmune diseases, including rheumatoid arthritis. So we made this lifestyle program. And actually, in Reade, in our clinic, we see many, many people also with osteoarthritis. So it was actually thanks to our management uh, that said, but why not offer it to people with osteoarthritis? Because this group is growing and growing, and we have nothing to offer them. And so we said, okay, let's just do that for the osteoarthritis group as well. So tell us a little bit about the interventions, because it sounds obviously like a complex intervention and just break break those down a little bit for us. Yeah, well, what we did, we offered this program in groups and we started fully live and then COVID came, came along and then we had to split it uh, in live and online sessions. But the program consisted of 10 meetings in groups of six to 12 people and they were mixed. So there were people with rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis in those groups. And we started always with a lovely cooking class aimed not only at learning to cook, but also to cook a lot of different plates. And those plates were 100% plant-based. And also to give the participants the opportunity to taste all these different plates to also be more aware of their preferences and stuff like that. 
So we started with a cooking class and then we had nine other meetings. And in those meetings, we always had a discussion about how are you doing this all? Because, of course, I can tell you uh, how to eat healthy, move move better, stress less, etc. But I'm a health freak. I'm not a peer that you can relate to. And in those groups, it was so lovely to see how people actually recommend all kinds of recipes, but also ways that they were dealing with difficult situations, how to move more and relax better with each other. And actually, that that is much better than some expert telling you what to do. So the 10 meetings gave this base for this uh, healthy lifestyle. And a very important part of this intervention is that we, as of the start, told people that perfection is not necessary because people with, especially with diets, people tend to strive for perfection. And if you strive for perfection, then you can do it for a month and then everything goes wrong. So we told the people, of course, you are going to make mistakes. That's no problem. Or you will tend to miss uh, your egg on Sunday. Don't make a big deal out of it. It's not about that one thing doesn't fit uh, your diet. It's about the 80-90% that you're doing. So it was very much aimed at this image of how you should eat, how you should move, how you should relax. But it was not directive. It was an inspiration and people were inspired to do it at their best, but do it in their own way. And the same the same way in terms of uh, them doing it their own way, did that apply to physical activity as well? Or, or were you prescriptive about what you were encouraging people to do? And I guess just coming back to the stress for a second, did you screen for, you know, elements of mental health, depression, stress, anxiety? And if so, did you did you provide any specific targets or was it just the conversations you were having? Now, for the for the research, it's important to know that people who already had a mental health condition were excluded from the research because we thought that that could interfere with the results. For exercise, for physical activity, we tended to give recommendations rather than instructions. And we aimed at, let's say, the, the general guidelines for physical activity, which included around 30 minutes uh, a day, moderate to intensive physical activity, and twice a week, uh, muscle uh, strengthening exercises. And those recommendations, we actually, if I would do it again, I would emphasize a bit more on muscle strengthening exercises, because I do think that for people with arthritis, this is very important. But again, we ask them, what was your favorite type of exercise when you were young? Why did you stop doing it? How can you implement exercise in your daily life? So we were very much aimed at implementing it rather than optimizing it. The same applies for uh, stress-reducing uh, exercises. We co cooperated with a great uh, psychologist of Leiden University here in the Netherlands. They are very well known for their great research. And they actually also recommended us. It's way more important that people 
relax than how they do it. So if people, for example, like to meditate, then meditate. If you like to do a kind of relaxing yoga style, a relaxation, then do that. We tried to really help the participants to uh, give them, like with the food, to, to give them all kinds of plates, all kinds of exercises, all kinds of relaxation techniques, and to really find their own group of, of lifestyle changes that really appeal to them. Okay, fantastic. So, um, Wendy, how long did the trial go for, for each individual? And what did you find as far as the outcomes are concerned? Yeah, so the intervention was a four-month intervention, and uh, we had a control group, and that control group received the usual care. And um, after having been a control group member, these control group participants also received the intervention. So altogether, all these people received the intervention, and then we followed them for another year. And so what we saw in that intervention of four months is that uh, pain and stiffness decreased significantly and physical function improved. In addition, we also found that many metabolic markers like cholesterol, blood glucose, but also a, an inflammation marker improved significantly. People also uh, lost weight predominantly fat mass, and they also lost quite some, let's say, centimeters around the waist. And so the outcomes were, I would have to say, I think they were above expectation. And if you look at the one-year data, we already have them. One year after the intervention, all outcomes went back to the original at the start slightly, but only slightly. So the difference between the start of the intervention and the one year, so that in total, it's 16 months after start, are still a significant improvement in pain, stiffness, physical function, weight, cholesterol, also blood pressure over the year. So very interesting outcomes. We also um, did some MRI studies on the half of the osteoarthritis patients. And you could actually see that in the four months, liver fat also decreased significantly because all the participants had increased levels of liver fat. And after they were below, let's say, the cutoff for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So that was also a surprisingly good outcome. So yeah, that's it. And for as actually for rheumatoid arthritis, outcomes were after one year were even improved, further improved with 50% of the people lowering or stopping medication. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations on the results of your study. What we'll do is we'll include a link to the paper in the show notes for the study. But for people out there who have osteoarthritis, who'd like to know a little bit more about your program about plants for joints are there any resources references links that you can point people towards that we can include in the show notes and i guess importantly for our listener base are they in english or dutch yeah well in dutch i have a lot <laughs> but in english we are also growing so we have 
Uh, as I said before, we are going to implement this lifestyle program and, and we have both a Dutch website and an English website, which is plans-for-health.com. There you will find also the links of the studies, but also a, let's say, an explanation in normal language and some uh, videos of one of uh, some of our participants. And I think a good resource is also PEN, which is the Physicians Association for Nutrition, which is a great association, also have quite, quite good information on, on diet and as for recipes and stuff, Dean and Ayesha Sherzai, they're very they're neurologists, they're very much focused on, on brain health, but they have a lot of content and they have also a great program. And actually, what we all recommend is the same: a more plant-centered diet, more physical activity, more relaxation. So it's more or less the same. So I can highly recommend them as well. Wonderful. That's super, Wendy, and really helpful information. Is there any one piece of advice, knowledge, or wisdom that you'd like to give for people out there who have osteoarthritis? If there's one thing that I would like to recommend to people with osteoarthritis is to be kind to themselves, to set targets on the one hand, but don't put them too high and realize that every step in the right direction is a step forward. To not think in terms of uh, a temporary diet, but in steps towards a healthier lifestyle. So, for example, if there's one thing, for example, in diet that I can highly recommend is to add legumes to your diet. Add some legumes to your diet this week. And that's a great step. That's You, you don't ha um, realize how much that does with your health and so on. You can do that with all lifestyle factors. And so be kind and uh, go slow. It's one wonderful advice, and I think hopefully appropriate for everybody who's out there who's listening is to 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 be kind and be realistic about the goals that you set for yourself, and be gentle to yourself as as well as to others. Yeah, um, Wendy, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of time with us. Congratulations on the work that you're doing, and hopefully you maintain the motivation, enthusiasm that you you've got at the moment, and continue to make a big difference. It's it's really impressive. Well, thank you, David. It was a great honor to be your guest and all the best to you as well. Thank you so much. Now, for many of you, diet is oftentimes a mystery. And you often say, well, surely eliminating this particular food is likely to be helpful for me. Oftentimes, we're guided in a direction by a friend who's well-meaning, but potentially doesn't have the knowledge base that would otherwise make a difference for you. So this trial has recently come out in osteoarthritis and cartilage, and it's a plant-based diet. And obviously, there's some advocacy there for enhancing physical activity and releasing stress. But the Plants for Joints randomized controlled trial demonstrates meaningful improvements in pain, function, stiffness, uh, weight, and a range of other parameters, which are important for the health. Importantly, also, it shows benefits that are maintained over a reasonably long period of time. Wendy mentioned a number of resources and we'll provide links for Plants for Health and a number of other links in the show notes. 
So please go in, dig into them. It is quite practicable and hopefully something that you can apply longer term. By all means, do so in consultation with a dietitian or someone who has expertise in nutrition and hopefully can help you get coached on that particular journey. Again, our interest at Joint Action is providing information that's hopefully helpful in empowering you to manage your disease. This is one topic that's obviously real and important, and for many of you who are out there, is critical for your overall health. Hoping you found the content today both helpful and informative, but between now and when we next speak, please do take care of yourself. Thanks for listening to Joint Action with David Hunter. If you like our show and want to know more, visit www.jointaction.info. If you have any questions, you can email us at hello at jointaction.info and follow us on Twitter at jointactionorg. This podcast was hosted by David Hunter, edited by Vicky Duong, music produced by Jordan Hunter. The information posted on this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Anyone seeking medical advice should consult a health professional. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.